Good morning. Today is Wednesday, September 28, 2022. Shana Tova. I want to wish everyone a very happy, sweet, healthy Jewish New Year. At the same time, today is a fast day. Today is Tzom Gedalia, the fast for Gedalia. It is a fascinating event in our history with an extremely important lesson that every one of us can learn and use every day. And I'd like to share that with you this morning. When Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Bavel, Babylonia, destroyed the first temple, the first base of Mikdash, the holy temple in Jerusalem, he sent most of the Jews who were in Israel into exile to Bavel, to Babylonia, the area that is now Iran, Iraq. But some Jews remained in Israel. And the Babylonians appointed a Jewish governor to oversee the remnant of the Jewish people left in Israel in order to maintain order there. And his name was Gedaliah, a Jewish man appointed to be the governor, the leader, on behalf of the Babylonians in Israel after the temple was destroyed. Remember, the temple was destroyed on Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av, let's say the middle of the summer, and Gedaliah was appointed. Just a couple of months later, there was the following intrigue. There was the king of Ammon. Now, Ammon was one of the nations on the eastern bank of the Jordan River, part of what is today Jordan, and they had been for a long, long time enemies of the Jewish people. And the king of Ammon saw an opportunity to harm the remaining Jews in Israel by arranging for the assassination of Gedaliah. And to be even more fiendish, he arranged that there should be a Jewish person who would assassinate Gedaliah because he felt that if the Babylonians would learn that a Jew had killed Gedaliah, their appointed representative, the Babylonians would feel, would think, that the Jews remaining in Israel were trying to rebel against Bavel, about, against Babylonia, and they would come down and they would destroy all the Jews in Israel, which is what Ammon, the enemy of the Jewish people, wanted. So, the king of Ammon hired a man named Yishmael, the son of Netanya, a Jewish man, to assassinate Gedaliah. Now, Yishmael may have had his own reason for accepting this task because he was jealous of Gedaliah. He thought that he should have been appointed as the governor, as the representative of Bavel after the destruction of the temple. So he could have had his own reason for agreeing to this. In any event, this man Yishmael ben Netanya came with a group of soldiers to where Gedaliah was living. Now, there was another Jewish man, and his name was Yochanan ben Kareach, Yochanan the son of Kareach, 
And Yochanan learned that Yishmael had been hired to assassinate Gedaliah, and Yochanan warned Gedaliah, you better watch out because these people are coming to assassinate you. But Gedaliah responded to Yochanan and said, I don't want to hear such a thing. You're saying Lashon Hara. You're speaking negatively about other people as a Jewish person. Why do you uh, have this terrible false accusation against a seemingly innocent person? And Gedaliah did not pay any attention to the warning of Yochanan. But Yishmael did kill Gedaliah. Bavel did come down hard and destroy or exile the remaining Jews in Israel. And this event became a day of national fasting for the Jewish people every year from that time since. There's actually a difference of opinion about the exact anniversary of this event. Some say it was today, which is the third day of Tishrei on the Jewish calendar. Some say it actually happened on the second day of Tishrei, but it's pushed off because the second day of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah. We don't fast on Rosh Hashanah. We push it off to the next day. But either way, from that time until now, we observe this day as a fast day. Why is this event so terrible, so significant, that it should be a national fast day for the Jewish people every single year? Where there are several reasons. I'll mention just two quickly. One is, it was a terrible, terrible tragedy for a Jewish person to assassinate a Jewish head of state, which is what happened. And in fact... Most historical sources understand that that never happened again until our time, several years ago, when Prime Minister Rabin was assassinated in Tel Aviv by a Jewish assassin. Had not happened since the time of Gedalia. It was a terrible event, a terrible dark stain on our history. Another reason that this event is so significant is because this assassination caused the complete separation of the Jewish people from the land of Israel. As terrible as the tragedy of the Churban was, the destruction of the temple, that was a major, momentous tragedy for the Jewish people, but still... Even then, there were still Jews who were living in Israel after that time. Once Gedaliah was assassinated a couple of months later, there was a complete severance, a complete severing between the Jewish people and the land of Israel. And that tragedy merits mourning every year on the anniversary of that terrible event. Okay. So... It is a fast day. But our sages point out that Gedalia was right and he was wrong. He did something that was right, but he also did something that was wrong that led to his death. 
Our sages say that he heard a warning that someone was about to assassinate him. He did not believe that warning. In that, he was right, because there was no other evidence. It was in the category of a rumor. So he was right not to believe that this person, Yishmael, was actually coming to assassinate him. But our rabbis say he was wrong not to at least suspect that it might be true. Listen to the words of our rabbis. Talmud says, Hi, Lishna Bisha. If someone says to you, Lashon Hara, they say something negative about another person. They say that another person is planning to cause harm. There's no evidence. It's just gossip or a rumor. Lashon Hara. Afopidilakabule lomi boy. Even though it is true that we are not allowed to accept such a rumor as truth, we should suspect that maybe it is true. What's the distinction? The distinction is as follows. To be mekabel l'shon hara means I hear someone tells me a rumor, a negative report about somebody else that they're planning to do something bad, and I accept it is true, and I act on it. I may punish the person. I may uh, speak negatively about them. I assume the report that I heard is true. That's wrong. We're not allowed to accept Lashon Hara without a basis, just based on a rumor. But, Michash, to be Choshesh, to suspect that it may be true, means to protect yourself. Gedalia, hearing this rumor that Yishmael was coming to assassinate him, had no right, let's say, to assume Yishmael was guilty with no evidence. For example, would not have been allowed to punish Yishmael. But Gedalia should have taken measures to increase his own security. He should have suspected that maybe this may be true, and he should have taken measures to protect himself, and he did not do so. This distinction was so well expressed by President, United States President Ronald Reagan talking about then the Soviet Union, and he said, trust but verify. You can trust if someone has a good intention, but verify. Just make sure. Take measures to protect yourself in case your good impression turns out not to be true. Now, in this case, the Lashon Hara, the negative report Yochanan told Gedalia about Yishmael's intentions, was correct. It was accurate. And Gedalia was assassinated. But why may we not accept a negative report as true? Yes, we should suspect it may be true and protect ourselves, but why do our rabbis tell us that we are not allowed to accept it as true? Well, the reason is because 
even though sometimes it may be true, like in the case of Gedalia, very often it's not true. Very often, when we think someone is about to do something negative, or we hear a negative report about someone, very often it's not true. Especially the more certain we are of someone's ill motivation, very often we could be mistaken. And so our rabbis try so hard to remind us not to accept a negative report as true because so often we will be making a mistake. I heard this story from Rabbi Yisrael Reisman many years ago. There was a woman, a religious woman, and she was traveling from New York to Israel. So she arrived at Kennedy Airport early with lots of time before her flight. And she checked in for the flight. She had extra time before the flight was to board. So she went to the gift shop and she bought a newspaper and she bought a box of cookies to eat as a snack while she was waiting to board the plane. She went to sit down at the gate. It wasn't too crowded. And so she put the cookies on the seat next to her. And she opens the cookies and she starts to eat the cookies while she's reading her newspaper. And she's sitting and reading and eating cookies. Two seats down, meaning the seat on the other side of her cookies, there's another religious woman sitting. And this woman with the cookies in the newspaper, she sees this other woman reach out and take one of her cookies from the chair right next to her. What a chutzpah! This other woman is taking her cookie. And this other woman doesn't even look at, doesn't ask, doesn't even look at her. She just takes her cookie. She can't believe the chutzpah of such a person. She was so shocked that somebody, uh, apparently a religious-looking woman, would just take somebody else's cookie. She didn't even know what to say to her. So, who could do such a thing? This woman takes another cookie, and she sees that the other woman also takes another cookie. And it keeps going like this. The whole package, she takes a cookie and the other woman takes a cookie. And she just can't believe that this is happening. Finally, there's just one cookie left. And now this woman is looking at the package. She sees there's one cookie left. And she thinks to herself, now what is this woman gonna do? Is she gonna actually take my last cookie? And the other woman, still not even looking at her, takes the last cookie, breaks it in half, puts half down, and eats half of the cookie of the last cookie. Now this woman is really angry. She is, her blood is boiling. And just then they call her flight. So she takes her newspaper and she gets in line to board the plane. She avoids this other woman, still not able to believe how chutzpahdik this other woman is. She just hopes that she doesn't end up sitting next to this woman on the flight all the way to Israel. She gets to the front of the line. She opens her bag 
to take out her boarding pass and she sees the unopened package of cookies in her bag. The cookies that she bought, she put into her bag. The other woman had obviously bought an identical package of cookies, put it on the chair next to her, and at that moment, this woman had a shocking revelation. She was the other woman. Every terrible thought that she had thought about this other woman, that was her. And the other woman, imagine how kind and compassionate this other woman really was. Without saying a word, without being asked, without even looking at this other woman, she shared her cookies and especially the last cookie. Can you imagine? She had one last cookie, and before eating it, she splits it in half for this other woman to take, who's taking without asking. Aye. We need to try to be slow to anger, to be slow to judge, to stay calm until we have the whole story. Yes, of course, if we learn that someone may want to harm us, we should be choshesh, we should take measures to protect ourselves, but not to be makabel, but not to accept that it's true because so often we will be mistaken. And if we could just make this one adjustment in our lives, we would be able to change our lives. We would be able to avoid so much frustration, so much misunderstanding, so much ill will. We would be able to transform our lives and the lives of others around us if we could just incorporate this into our lives. And that's the lesson that Gedalia's tragedy should teach us. My friends, I want to wish you a great day and an easy fast. And I look forward to seeing you soon in person.